Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and um, this episode is going to primarily be focusing on um, what the show is going to be about and uh, how it's going to go down and all that good jazz. We're looking at about a 30-minute episode per taping. And basically what the show is going to be about is um, movies that you don't necessarily uh, think of when you think of a particular genre. Uh, It might be, um, say for example, um, my favorite genre obviously is going to be horror, which most of this show is going to be dealing with the horror genre, fantasy, science fiction. But say for example... Someone says, oh, pick me out a good zombie movie. Uh, what you're not going to be hearing on this show, at least not a whole lot of, would be, oh, you should go watch World War Z. That's a great movie. Or you should go watch uh, 20, 28 Days Later. That's a great sh- That's a great movie. Um, granted, um, th- those are good movies, but uh, what you'll be hearing on this show more will be stuff like, uh, oh, you want a recommendation for a zombie movie? Well, have you checked out Burial Ground, Knights of Terror, uh, for, which is uh, an Italian import, or um, uh, Dr. Butcher MD, also known as Zombie Holocaust. So you're going to be hearing some crazy, uh, some crazy movies that you may have never heard of before or that have kind of flown under the radar. Uh, Lost Gems, Complete and Utter Trash. There's going to be some complete trash in there too. Um, But regardless, uh, I'm just looking forward to sharing my passion for all things cinema, especially all uh, all things cinema that are not as... uh, as mainstream. So that's what the show is going to be about. Like I said, it's going to be about a, about a half hour long total. And um, uh, as this progresses, uh, I'll probably be getting better and better at, at it. So uh, just bear with me while I'm getting started here. Um, but also what spurred me to do this was uh, my... Uh, the show that I'm co-hosting on with my friend Eric Marner, uh, Movie Freaks. And that's a pod show that we've been doing now for uh, a little while. And uh, every every week we tape a new episode, about an hour to hour and 15 minutes long each. And there we cover all, it's a broad range of movies that we touch base on. Uh, and here it's going to be more narrowly focused on fantasy, horror, science fiction. Uh, obviously, I'm going to still have some uh, some other categories, and I'm going to be requesting you know some feedback from listeners. I'm going to be asking for movies to watch. I'd like to get people's opinions on if if what they're hearing is enjoyable, if it's something that they want to hear more of, if there's a, a certain type of movie you want to hear more of. I'm all ears. Uh, so and right now, being this is the first show, uh, I would I would just ask that people that want to get in contact with me send me an email at my personal email address, which is Eugene E U G E N E dash Weaver W E A V E R at hotmail dot com. Uh, but once I get a little bit more set up here, I'm going to have uh, this show will have its own, uh, hopefully its own domain name, and 
It'll have its own email address and all that good stuff that I can answer your questions. Uh, so you're going to be hearing me talk a lot about uh, the Movie Freaks show. I'm going to be cross-promoting it, as well as uh, another show that I've been a part of a few times, and they're a great group of guys. They love all things cinema, and that's uh, Cinema Sidekicks. So I'll get all that information out there, too. Uh, cross-promotion is always a good thing, I think. So uh, Anyway, but I thought that for this first episode... Uh, I would just kind of touch base on uh, some some movies that are near and dear to me, uh, and I'm I'm gonna take a guess that I'm not gonna have a whole lot of listeners to start with, but I'm sure hoping that 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 uh, grows. But so if if you are listening to this and you are a friend of mine or know me, then you're gonna probably know the movies that I'm gonna hit on. Uh, but I just thought it would be a good way to start, kind of a breaking breaking of the ice type of thing. And um, just to, for you listeners to get to know me a little bit better and know what I'm all about and know what I'm into. Uh, so um, I'm going to give you my, uh, some of my all-time favorite movies real quick. And these movies, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of horror in there, but there's also uh, some other types of movies scattered throughout my, my top movies as well. Uh, and over on Movie Freaks, we are actually compiling a top 100 of all time list. So... Being as we're covering that over there, I'm not planning on spending a whole lot of time with my favorites, but I just thought that would be a nice way to to get the ball rolling and, and for people to get to know me a little bit. So um, I'm going to start with uh, with my favorite movie. I want to spend the most time on the first couple that are, are my personal all-time favorites. And my first one would be my all-time favorite movie is The Shining, the 1980 uh, Stanley Kubrick movie starring Jack Nicholson. And... Um, I've seen this movie more times than I can remember, and it's strange how I can almost remember every single time that I've watched it and where I was at in my life and how it affected me, uh, especially the first, the very, very first time that I watched it, uh, which, uh, interestingly enough, was when I was way, way too young to watch something like that, and it was probably the first network television premiere. I was, I'm 40 years old now, but at the time I was probably... I would say seven, maybe eight years old, and around there. And uh, I had never, obviously, I'd never heard of this. This is many, many, many years ago, way before the internet, way before, in fact, way before even VHS, uh, at least in our house. So my sister and I, who she was, she was probably four years old, and uh, we just, mom and dad were out in the garden, and we just happened to stumble across this movie that was on television, and. Um, I was hooked almost immediately, and I don't think I caught the very beginning, but uh, I caught enough to where I was able to watch up through a better portion of the movie, and this is, I'm sure, heavily edited for television and all that good stuff, but regardless, um, Mom and Dad came in when things were getting pretty crazy towards the end of the movie. Uh, Dick Halloran was back at the Overlook Hotel, just about ready to get axed by Jack Nicholson, uh, so the, the whole, sh- the whole shower scene with the creepy, gross, old dead lady had already taken place, heavily edited, but regardless, it was still scary, especially for a seven year old that has never seen a horror movie in his life. And the only thing that he really knows about movies is Star Wars and that's about it. Uh, so anyway, my sister and I were completely, totally terrified. Uh, I didn't sleep good for a long time. She didn't either. She had nightmares and, uh. Mom and Dad were, needless to say, not impressed at all that we 
that we, I guess, had snuck watching that movie, but, you know, we were young enough and, hey, what what's this? We don't know. But that was literally, the Empire Strikes Back got me into movies, but The Shining got me into horror movies. That's, honestly, that's where this all started from. So, anyway, um, there's The Shining, uh, and... I've got a tattoo of Jack Nicholson on my arm from The Shining. It is, uh, it's not one of those that, uh, that oh yeah, it's got sentimental value. It truly is a great movie, uh, and I think most people would agree that it is a fantastic movie. Um, so, anyway, that's my favorite movie of all time. Uh, my second movie is uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and both of these are obviously Stanley Kubrick movies. 2001 A Space Odyssey is, without a doubt, the best, uh, most ambitious science fiction movie ever made. And the fact that it was made in 1968 and still holds up so incredibly well is uh, is truly a, a marvel. The special effects are still amazing. The the score is timeless. It's timeless classic classic music. Uh, the storyline is is still almost uh, ahead of its time, and by ahead of its time, even now, is it's so out there. And uh, the more times you watch the movie, the more the more you get out of it. I've seen the movie so many times on VHS and then Laserdisc and then DVD and now Blu-ray. And I must say that the Blu-ray releases of both The Shining and 2001 A Space Odyssey are spectacular, uh, especially 2001 A Space Odyssey. The sound is just so incredible and the visuals are so incredible and it's such a moving motion picture. It, to me, transcends the... Uh, movie making medium and actually steps into art true art captured on film uh, with just all the different styles of filmmaking he throws in there and how how the story moves and towards the end where it may seem like it's not making a whole lot of sense but actually it really does everything is everything is there but you have to pay attention and you have to have an open mind to to really grasp it and appreciate appreciate it. Uh, so anyway, the less I say about that movie, as far as the storyline, the better, because it's a true, um, it's a true marvel to discover that movie if you've never seen it before and just enjoy the, the slow, slow shots with the fantastic music. And then the, where things start to get really bizarre towards the end. Uh, but with a very uplifting message at the end. Uh, so anyway, that is, uh, that, and that and The Shining are are neck and neck. I could, I could go back and forth on which one is my true favorite. The Shining gets a little bit of a a bump just because it came from my childhood. Uh, so those are my two favorite movies of all time. Uh, and right behind those, uh, things get kind of, kind of. I'm not. I'm not sure where the rest fall as far as. Oh well, that is definitely number three because the first two are without a doubt. Those are my two favorite movies. But then from there it gets to where, well, these are the rest of my, the rest of my top 10 and the rest of my top 10, they could kind of almost fall into any, any order. But, um, let's just go with Star Trek, a motion picture, the motion picture as the next one. Uh, Star Trek, the motion picture was from 1978 and that movie was, uh, was, 
came to fruition because of Star Wars, which a lot of science fiction movies back in that time came because of the success of Star Wars. The Black Hole, um, there's a bunch of Roger Corman movies that came to fruition because of Star Wars, but one of them happened to be Star Trek, uh, the motion picture, and this was after the show had been canceled, and they had talked about reviving the show because it was doing so good on syndication, and um, and then they decided to, well, hey, you know what? Let's just let's just make a movie, and they they took a storyline from, or maybe several storylines from, from one of the the shows that they were going to do, and they made it into this movie, and it's it to this day it is it's. They actually, it's almost like it's uh, kind of Star Wars, but channeling 2001 A Space Odyssey is what it feels like. It's very, very, very ambitious science fiction, similar to 2001, has a score that is just dynamite from Jerry Goldsmith. It's got, um, the the entire cast is back and they're all bringing their A-game. And the storyline, while it's not slam-bam action science fiction-y blowing up things in outer space. It's deep science fiction, and it's exploring the unknown, and it's it's everything, in my opinion, it's everything that Gene Roddenberry had wanted out of, uh, out of Star Trek when he created it, and I love that. Um, I love the fact that it's slow-moving. I love the fact that when we first see the Enterprise in the movie, uh, we, for back then... Everybody was used to the quick cuts of the TV show. And even back then, it wasn't remastered like it has been now with some added special effects. So back then, it was, you know, the show, while still great, was very, very dated. And then this came along, and a lot of people complain about how slow-paced it is, especially with the uh, the flyby of the Enterprise when we first see uh, Enterprise in the dock. It's a really slow flyby from... Uh, from Kirk and Scotty, and uh, thinking about why they did that, it, it makes total sense. Is people are going to be in awe? Wow, look at that! There's now that's what I would envision a real Enterprise looking like in outer space, in the space dock, instead of this model ship zinging through the galaxy very cheesily in the TV show. So I love it. Um, the only version that's ever been released on Blu-ray thus far has been the theatrical cut. I have seen the director's cut that was redone back in 2000, I believe. And um, I gotta say, that's getting a little bit long in the tooth, the CGI that they added to that version of it. Um, However, there are some really great scenes in in the director's cut, but I almost prefer the theatrical cut better just because some of those CGI shots really take you out of the movie um honestly much like how star wars did but even more so um just because something about that that lightning in a bottle star trek the motion picture is so good and they even tightened some of the movie a little bit which that's fine i i get it because uh, it was a slower paced movie but i i like all of those beats i like all of the the, the really fleshed out stuff in the movie and the slower pace i'm cool with However, if they do ever uh, actually release the director's cut on Blu-ray, I would be the first in line to get it. One of the reasons that they have not thus far is the new effects that they made back in 2000 were only rendered in uh, standard definition. And uh, Paramount is very, very, very stingy with their, with their HD masters, and so that's one of the things that the, uh, the box set of 
the the Star Trek movies has not they don't have any of the director's cuts which I believe one and uh, Wrath of Khan and uh, Undiscovered Country all have director's cuts and they just slapped on the theatrical cuts for the Blu-ray release but I'm happy with them all though uh, Star Trek is is my probably my favorite series of all time it it goes without saying that I like it even better than Star Wars uh, so anyway enough about Star Trek if you haven't seen Star Trek the motion picture and you are a fan of science fiction please go watch it um, it's such a great movie and the characters are so good and it's uh, it's just true science fiction a little bit more accessible than 2001 a space odyssey uh, but it's just a good movie uh, it's uplifting it's fun it has a great ending great music highly recommended uh, so anyway Next up, I'm just going to keep right on rolling here with, with some of my favorites, just so you guys can get a feel for what I'm about, what I like, my passions for movies. Um, I would say that uh, number four on the list, or roughly number four, it, you know, again, these all kind of fluctuate, would be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And you're already, some of you might be like, oh, geez, this guy's a horror fanatic. Yes, I am a horror fanatic. I love, love, love horror movies. Um something about the visceral feeling the 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 edge of your seat feeling that you get um i just i love that high i love that what's going to happen next and some people get that from other types of movies um a really good action movie but for me it's just a really great um horror movie that that draws me in and texas chainsaw massacre is one of the best Best examples of a movie that I would consider to be a literal nightmare on screen. Um, lots of horror movies, like like there's tons of slasher movies, which I'm going to be talking about slasher movies uh, in in the next couple episodes, I'm sure. But something about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is truly lightning in a bottle. That movie, um, there's only one other movie, one other horror movie that I can think of that. I, that comes close to that feeling that you're not necessarily watching a movie, but you're watching someone's really bad dream. Um, the score, there really is no score. It's just odd music or odd noises. Um, the gritty 1974 feel, uh, no matter how well they clean this movie up, and it looks great on Blu-ray, trust me, it's still dirty. It just has this dirty feel that you just want to take a shower when you're done watching the movie um shot on 16 millimeter by uh, toby hooper who has some true gems out there unfortunately in the later years not so much but uh this movie is lightning in a bottle it's it's 85 minutes long not a dull minute in it and almost no gore at all However, it is one of the most vile movies I've ever seen, mainly because the characters are just so dirty and the subject matter is so harsh, uh, and it's just everything works in the movie. And I've watched numerous making-ofs on this movie, and the conditions that they shot the thing in are just were, were brutal, um, which adds to the movie, because I think everybody was miserable making that thing. So I highly recommend the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It goes without saying that if, with the title, you know what the movie's about. Uh, but it's another one that I've watched for 
so many so many times over so many years i never get tired of it if i want to be truly unsettled that's the movie uh you know and some people say well what about the exorcist the exorcist and yeah granted i i'm i'm there with you on the exorcist being like possibly one of the scariest movies ever made uh in fact it, it i would say it probably is however uh for sheer nightmarishness on screen Texas Chainsaw Massacre is hard to beat. I consider that to be the movie that if that movie would walk into a bar, all other horror movies would be like, oh, you know what? Let's just stay clear of this guy. That's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre to me. Uh, So love the movie. Love, love, love the movie. Uh, If you are not a fan of lots of screaming and revving of chainsaws, probably don't want to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, so, anyway, uh, moving right along, I'm going to just list a couple more movies, and then I'm going to wrap up episode one. Again, this is just kind of my initial my initial run of this. It's going to be improved. I'm hoping to get some sound effects in there here and, here and there, and maybe even some, uh, some movie clips, all that good stuff. Uh, but just to get started, I wanted to just, just introduce myself and all that good stuff. So, uh, anyway, moving along... Silent Night, Deadly Night is going to be the next one that I that I talk about briefly. That movie is that's my favorite slasher movie. I don't consider Texas Chainsaw Massacre to be a really a slasher movie. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, however, is very much a slasher movie set in uh, the early '80s. It was 1984, and um, it follows the same tried and true formula of so many other slasher movies from that time: is something happens to a child and traumatic experience and he comes back she comes back uh relatives come back to exact revenge on those that wronged them that's the general how that's how these slasher movies work pretty much what sets silent night deadly night apart is one i'm going to just as i've said with some of these other ones it it it's holds a special place in my heart because i watched it at such a young age that was the first slasher movie i ever saw and um, I've watched that movie. I, that movie there, actually, I've watched every year since the first time I watched it back on uh, VHS, back when I was probably 11 or 12 years old. So I've seen that movie probably more than any other movie in my life. Um, every year, I know the thing by heart. I can quote the thing. I've seen it on VHS, Laserdisc, DVD, Blu-ray, you name it. Uh, I support the movie. I love the movie. I love um, the fact that it doesn't break new ground necessarily, but it um, it gets all of the beats right from that time. All of the all of the slasher beats of that era were done perfectly in this. There's copious amounts of nudity. There's gory special effects that are actually quite good for its time. The music uh, is all made for this movie Christmas music is all made for this movie and it's both funny uh, as well as a really good score so the Christmas songs are are amusing and and funny and the um, and the actual score is really good and really creepy so anyway uh, I I can't recommend the movie enough uh, killer Santa Claus it got all sorts of of uh, publicity just because a lot of parents were upset when that came out. They picketed the movie and Trimark dumped the movie uh, or was it Trimark or TriStar or whatever company released it. 
dumped the movie from theaters after the first week, I believe, but it was already doing really good, and I believe that it made its money back in that short of time. It opened the same weekend that A Nightmare on Elm Street opened up, and it actually beat Nightmare on Elm Street at the box office. So if this thing wouldn't have been pulled, and this is the, the heavily edited R-rated version that was played in theaters, if this thing would have not been pulled, I have a feeling that it would have made serious bank. But it, it's found a following on uh, home video. It's got... Uh, you know, it's got the unrated version out there on on every release, which is the only way to watch this movie. Uh, it's it is quite graphic, I gotta say. It's not one of those you know, typical '80s slasher movies where the axe comes down and then we cut to the next scene. It's you you see what's going on, um, but um, yeah, I love the movie. I'm gearing up to watch it again here in a couple months on Blu-ray, uh, right over Christmas. And um, I know that sounds probably weird and creepy, and yeah, it is. And I like that, because the show that you're watching is going to be weird and creepy. <laughs> so, anyway, that's Solemn Night, Deadly Night. Next up on the list is The Evil Dead. Evil Dead is, uh, if you're listening to this, you know what Evil Dead is. Even if, you, even if you're not into horror movies, you probably have heard of The Evil Dead. They've made vi- video games of this thing. They've had sequels. They've had a remake. They've had... A Broadway play. Um, t- t- I mean, the movie has been around for ages, and it never—I never get tired of it. It's—it's um, it's one of those movies where everybody that was involved in it just threw the kitchen sink in. Just wait, hey, whatever works. Here's our budget. Let's just do whatever we can and make this work. And good lord, does it work? It's scary. It's. It's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It has that feel of, you know, just dirty. And, you know, the film stock is old and dirty and gritty. And um, the special effects are gruesome. I mean, extremely fake, but gruesome. And uh, it's got some a couple darkly comedic moments in it. The sequel is where they really jumped the shark and they went full-on comedy. Uh, which I, I love, Evil Dead 2. But the first Evil Dead is true horror, uh, and it's it doesn't overstay its welcome. And when the groove starts hitting the fan, it is just fast and furious. And Bruce Campbell gets gets splashed with so much blood and gore and pus and puke and guts. It's great. Love the movie. If you're a fan of that type of thing, watch it immediately. It is great. The Blu-ray release is yet again. Knocks the ball out of the park, makes the movie feel as new as they can with something like that. Um, anyway, I've got time for uh, for maybe one more, and then I'm going to wrap this up. I really want to keep this show at about 30 minutes. Um, in fact, being as I am getting really close to the 30-minute mark, I might just wrap it up there and, um, and the next episode maybe finish off my top 10 list. And then after that, we'll really start getting into what I'm going to probably do is I'm going to just pick a few movies to cover every episode. Every episode, I'll I'll touch on two, maybe three movies that um, that you may never have heard of, or you may have heard of and thought, eh, I'm not interested, or watched years ago and thought that sucked, or watched recently and thought it sucked. Um, but regardless, movies that more than likely you haven't heard of or 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 have never seen. Uh, so I just want to try to introduce people to to things that 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 they haven't seen that they might like. You know, they're Lost gems, uh, 
hidden gems, gems in the rough. There might even be some new movies on there every now and then. Netflix gets a new one that I'm quite surprised at. And I actually just watched one recently that I was very surprised at um, that I didn't discuss on um, the sister show here, Movie Freaks. And I'll be hitting on that one on this show. So I'm going to be talking about that movie later on. So there's just a little tease for uh, either the next episode or the episode after that. I'll touch on that movie. But um, anyway... That's going to be the show for uh, for this time. But uh, if you have listened to this all the way through, I really appreciate it. I'm hoping that you're going to be back for more. And uh, I promise I'll be getting better at this. Um, if you want more finely tuned and polished podcasting, Movie Freaks is the place right now, as well as Cinema Sidekicks. I'm just uh, getting my feet wet with this, doing this myself. But um, I love movies. I want to share movies with, with you. And I sure hope to hear back from any listener that would have a question or a comment or um, something that they would like to me to, to talk about on the show. Or if you think the show sucks, hey, that's fine. That's I'm, I'm okay with that. I would just like to hear from you. So, um, again, I appreciate you listening to the show. Um, Cinema Soft Underbelly is uh, going to be an ongoing uh, podcast. And I'm guessing it's going to be a weekly show, but we'll just see how this uh, plays out. So until next time, I am Eugene Weaver. And again, you can get a hold of me. Currently, you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. That will be changing more than likely in the near future to uh, uh, to have something related to uh, CinemaSoft Underbelly. So anyway, till next time, thanks for listening. I'm Eugene Weaver, and I'll be talking.